All right, so here we go. We're gonna see how this is picking up. Yep, it's going good. Okay. And this is kind of like a, it's kind of a crude setup, but it, it works. It's worked every time I've done it, so looks fine to me. I'm not gonna stop. And as long as I'm getting strong sound waves, then I know it's it's going good. So. Okay. Anyway, so welcome back to the BMX in Our Blood. Today I am with Chris Doyle, complete BMX legend, and we are at the wheel mill, and we are at the top of the mini, just outside the woods room. This is a big uh, weekend. This is the women's weekend, ride like a girl weekend, and I think there's stuff going on everywhere this weekend, so this is just a real good BMX weekend. So uh, thanks for doing this, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here, man. Thanks yeah. A lot. I think I um I think I I bought this interview. Oh jeez. Yeah. Look at that photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I uh, actually all kidding aside, uh, Murph Murph did a fundraiser for Ray Petro and um, and I told him I'd pick it up when I came to interview you here. So here's the picture. I'm psyched to have it. Thank you for signing it. Yeah, no problem, man. So it's an awesome picture of you doing a turndown in uh, at Ray's back uh, in 17? No, this was actually, I think, 2014. Oh, okay. A uh, couple years back? Yeah, it's a couple years back. This is the old setup in their uh, old Fox Shemp room. Oh, okay. We went up there one day, and uh, Murphy always has his camera gear, and we just shot a few photos that day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he, he ended up doing... Uh, a couple of these prints yeah. and auctioning, auctioning them off for uh, to benefit Ray, who, yeah. who as uh, people may or may not know, had a, a really bad injury recently and right. has medical bills to pay. So yeah, uh, yeah. Murphy did this as a fundraiser, and uh, I think he ended up getting all together like about eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, just I, for Ray. I, so I want to see, yeah, at least that. So yeah, he, he did real well. So anyway, I'm the. Lucky recipient of this, but also, you know, anytime there's a cause, as you know, from going to one of the jams that I put on, I'm all about it. Yeah, totally. You yeah. know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm always down to help. So this is just a bonus getting a picture out of it, but <laughs> I would have donated either way. And I did buy one of the Ray's shirts, too. So okay. I've, got, I've got one of those around, too, that I can wear the next time I go there. So uh, let's start with some softballs here. A lot of people don't realize, and I, I hope I'm right on this, you're not actually from Pitt, right? You're from Carolina? Uh, right. I've lived in Pennsylvania for God, uh, 17 years now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in, uh, in North Carolina, uh, right outside of Raleigh, okay. uh, which is the capital city, um, in a little sleepy town called Cary, North Carolina. And okay. for those of, of the listeners that don't know about Cary, it's probably the safest town on the east coast yeah uh there's very little crime uh the schools are good people are friendly it's basically fantasy land if you're in your late 30s yeah and you're starting a family and raising a family it's uh it's really ideal yeah and that, that's the town i was raised in i got you and then you moved uh are your parents still there uh my mom still lives in Cary. yeah oh, okay and uh i i moved up here in the spring of 2001 okay I uh, moved into a house with Chris Bennett and Mike Sesney, and uh, I think the summer of 2001 was probably one of my more memorable summers, uh, just riding constantly, yeah. and then in the evenings we would just, you know, bullshit, watch videos right, and right. stuff like that. Like, none of us really partied or drank or anything, we just, yeah. it was just clean BMX living, right, uh, and it was right. really fun. It was, we lived a mile from the trails, and we would... From ride. Bush, or...? Uh, no, I actually, originally I moved to Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania first. Oh. So you were up by, by, by Bennett up there? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
lived in Erie for about a year before moving to Pittsburgh. Okay. And uh, I had no intention of staying here, but yeah. ended up meeting a girl. And yeah, yeah. We fell in love and got married, and yeah. now we're here. Yeah, living in Pittsburgh. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, you must have been about 20 when you moved from Cary then. I moved up to Pennsylvania the day after my 20th birthday. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I actually drove, I packed up my Nissan Xterra and had everything I owned. I had a yeah. U-Haul and uh, I actually drove to Carlisle for a, a DK Dirt Circuit. Okay. Uh, rode the contest and then moved all my stuff to Erie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So when you were in Carolina, who was the who was the crew down there? Was Corey Muth down there? Uh, Corey Muth was um, my my original crew was like Will Stroud, uh, yeah. Ryan Barrett, uh, and then a couple other guys, Kevin Burkhead, uh, a bunch of other guys that aren't as well known. But then, yeah, sure. as I got older, I got to know a lot of the older guys a little bit better. Uh, Corey Muth, Scotty Clevenger. Yeah, I remember him. Um, let's see, Mike Ritchie. John Moak, uh, and they're not as well known as, as Corey I know and Scotty. Mike Ritchie, but, but more from racing. Those guys race quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, and I remember um, Scotty Clevenger was a big deal to us. Yeah. Because he was in the first ever Extreme Games. And I remember watching uh, the Extreme Games were one of the first dirt jumping contests I ever saw on television. Yeah. And there's this guy that I've ridden with. Right. There's Scotty Clevenger. Oh my God, he's riding for Claiborne. He's got the J Bill yeah. uh, jersey. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Like, I told my mom, I'm like, Mom, I, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. She's like, how do you know him? Like, he, he comes and rides with us. Right, She's right. She's like, oh, wow. Like, uh, so that was a trip. Um, and you were in your late teens then? Uh, that was 95. I was still... So that would have been Rhode Island X Games? That was Rhode Island. Um, that was when they were the Extreme Games. Right. I and mean, this is the first ever time they were doing this. I gotcha. Um, so they had the one solo jump. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the Clevenger. And then... Over time, I got to know Corey Muth a lot better, and him and I actually got to be really good friends, and yeah. we still are really good friends. And yeah. he was a big deal to us too. I mean, he was yeah. he was full factory DK. He was yeah. he rode for Reynolds Racing, right? Um, and he would travel a lot. Yeah, like he would come up here to Pittsburgh, and he would come come back, and we're like, oh my god, what's what's push like? Right. What's, what's uh, he'd go to like Fort Wayne. He lived at the Fat House. If you're right. familiar with that. And, oh yeah. Uh, we'd ask him all these questions, and he knew who yeah. everyone was. And yeah. He was. Uh, Getting to know him really opened a lot of doors, right. uh, BMX wise, just because he knew so many, so many people, and he was just the man. He was just the the, yeah. the greatest guy. And, uh, he lives out in Columbus now. Um, oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. So uh, don't get to see him as much, but uh, when we get together, it's always good. Yeah. And I yeah. I owe a lot of my career to Corey. Really? Honestly, okay. yeah. And he was, if I remember right, uh, he was back in the. In, in my era of the early 90s as far as jumping contests go I think I think he was part of that I think him and a little bit of pole camp wearing DK doing some of those kind of off you know during a national there was a jumping contest that type of thing I want to say Corey was one of them Corey did a lot of dirt jumping contests but I think he was known more in the racing world yeah especially like the 17x class which yeah. as you know this like I feel like the 16 17x yeah. classes were always the most fun to watch it's crazy um crazy. just because the kids finally get stronger yeah and that they you see who's gonna like blossom mm -hmm. but Corey was uh yeah he was an amazing racer yeah um and he had a, a, a really bad habit of like getting these incredible leads, like winning by like four or five bike lengths. Yeah, yeah. And then he would like slip a pedal or he would like blow off the track. Like 
he tells this one story about riding um, one year at the Worlds yeah. where he was winning by half a straight. Yeah. And he was like going so fast, he lost control and he rides off the track. And Robbie Miranda gets the world title. And like, he was just like, yeah, I was winning by so much. And uh, that, that was kind of like his claim. He's like, yeah, that's uh, always how it was for me. I think that was Waterford Oaks. I think that was in like 94, probably makes sense. Um, it was when the worlds were in the US, right? No, this is Copenhagen. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh my gosh, even more of a stinger. Yeah. So he, wow. If he told you that story, he would tell it like it just happened yesterday. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty funny. I've heard it a lot of times. Have you? Yeah. Well, at least he lost it to Robbie. Robbie's a good dude. Exactly. So, yeah. of all people to lose it to, at least it was Robbie Miranda. Yeah. But, um, so, so you came when you were 20 out to Pennsylvania and then you ended up staying. So, uh, so did you ever race? I can't remember. Did I did. I didn't travel a lot to race. Uh, yeah. I kind of stopped at, um, I made it to like 16 expert. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just, because like I just kind of talked about, that was that point where you either had to start taking it more serious yeah. or just go do something else. Yeah. I just went and did something else. I just started riding trails more and uh, kind of maybe just not even like focusing on riding trails, but just doing it more because I didn't want to like start going to the gym. Yeah. I didn't want to clip in. Right. I was just like racing just... It didn't interest me as much anymore. And I remember a national came through. Uh, I, I got sponsored by DK when I was 16. Right. And uh, a national ended up coming through uh, North Carolina. I was like, oh, yeah. at, at this time, it was, uh, I, was 18 at, I was 18 at this point. But I just right. classified as expert. I was sure. like, oh, I was 16X. I can probably hang in the 18X yeah. class. Yeah. No way. I, I got smoked. I, I had my DK jersey on. I felt all proud of myself. I'm like, gonna get up on the gate, yeah. and I'm up on the gate, and I just hear everyone clip, clip in, oh my and they all just smoked me. I got beat by so. I, I, I got it was, it was a good lesson that day. But you were being sponsored at that time more for jumping for anyway, dirt jumping. So yeah. it was just you happened to race. Yeah. Well, the, this national came to my hometown. Oh, that's right. You said it was came through. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was like, I'll race it, and right. I thought I'd be like the hot shot, but no. <laughs> It's because there's more more pedaling on the track than there are trails. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Skill wise, you were probably smooth as ever on the on the track. <laughs> you just at a different speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all good. So you've been a pro then for twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Since I just you were crossed. 16. Uh, I turned my first pro contest as a pro rider was the 1997 Christmas Classic. Um, okay. And uh, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So I just crossed that 20-year mark. Wow. And how many times have you been in the 20 years have you been in, say, X Games or Extreme Games, comma, X Games? Because it's sort of one in the same since it's still ESPN. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really know until this past summer's X Games that I've had 18 X Games, X Games uh, appearances. 18? 18, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And and obviously this is invite only, so it's a huge testament to. to uh, your... totally, yeah. Wow, I remember watching this past year. You know, it was it was awesome. It was like Chris is in there. <laughs> yeah. He got selected. Uh, yeah, that, this year was definitely a changing of the guard. And yeah. As you noticed, the, yeah. the 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 course was different. Sure. There wasn't. There's no transfers. There's right, no hips. Right. There's no rollers. It's. Yeah, yeah. Three jumps and a quarter pipe. Yeah. Uh, not really my cup of tea. I was happy to be involved and maybe sure. give people something different to look at. Right. Um, right. But I knew as soon as I saw the jumps, I'm like, oh man, this 
this is definitely different now. Yeah, yeah, it is definitely a different world. I mean, just watching the monster event from last weekend before uh, Anaheim won, it was, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Double front flips, you know, all, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Oh, yeah, totally. So it's it's good stuff. But 20 years and 18 appearances, that's amazing. Plus, what other events besides? So you had, D, uh, I'm sorry, you had, um, yeah, DK Dirt Circuit. Well, yeah, there's been all, all throughout the years. There's always different dirt events. There's, uh, yeah, starting out, I, I was always on the dirt circuit yeah. uh, as a teenager, and then uh, things started. Think there's all of a sudden all these events going on throughout the year. There's advanced triple crowns. There's X Games, Gravity Games. Yes. Uh, then like Gravity Games and the advanced triple crowns became the Dew Tour, and then the Dew Tour has five stops a year, and that was great for when Dew Tour was around. Uh, then. There was always like international contests. They always had the worlds, um, right. uh, the masters, different dirt events going on overseas. Mm -hmm. uh, Which you've done a bunch of those as well. I've, yeah, I've I've had uh, I've traveled a lot to yeah. different dirt events. And, How many uh, countries have you been to? Just out of curiosity. I don't know. I don't. I've been. There hasn't been any countries that I'm like dying to go to that I haven't been yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've. I mean, been all throughout Europe, and yeah. Australia, New Zealand, right? Um, South yeah. South America at all? I haven't been to South America a lot. No, I've been, uh, yeah, more more Europe than anything. Yeah. Went to Japan a couple times. Oh, so you have done Asia? Yeah. What's well, funny? So I just interviewed Rob Delecki a couple couple weeks ago, and 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 we, I called him the passport points leader, but <laughs> which is it was really Brad Sims, but. Um, but Rob's up there. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was you know when he really thought about it, he he actually quantifies it by uh, saving bills from each place he goes. You know, oh, a piece okay. Of, a piece of currency. That's the only way you can really keep track. So that's a good idea. I've never done anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've always just traveled and it's memories. Yeah. Just, I just right. have good memories. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So. More recently, it seems like you've been doing, as you uh, start to still ride, but transition maybe sort of out of pro competition, you're, are you getting into, is it real estate now, a bit? Uh, yeah. How'd you know that? Um, I'm a creeper. Okay. <laughs> no, I actually, I think you may have posted somewhere about it. Okay. Um, but yeah. I have my real estate license, and right. I... Uh, I got it in a hurry because um, my daughter was going to be born, and I was like, I'm not going to have time to take all these classes and study right. for an exam. Um, so I got it at the end of 2016. Oh wow! Thinking, okay. thinking, not in a million years would my sponsors responsor me for 2017. Right. Sure enough, everyone did. Right. So I kind of just sat on my license for a while. wasn't really sure. actively working. I took on a few tasks for different realtors here and there, but yeah, um, didn't do any sales, and then yeah. I was like, okay, well, I got to take it more seriously in 2018 because there's yeah. no way my sponsors are going to re-sponsor me. Mm. Uh, and sure enough, everyone was back on board. So I recently yeah. just put my license into referral, which means you can make referrals to uh, different agents uh, and still uh, receive a bit of the commission. Oh, okay. But I'm not actively working as an you. agent just yet. Yeah. Uh, and that's why uh, I, I'm doing my continuing ed classes uh, I did one yesterday and I was going to do one today but it got canceled because of the oh, weather that's what it was okay yeah. so um, yeah that's that's on the back burner sure. for when uh, BMX sure. is done uh, professionally anyways right, right. 
that's how I plan on making a living. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys that uh, that I ride with that have kind of mentored me through this whole thing. Uh, uh, Justin and Steve Cummings, okay. uh, namely. Uh, they're very successful agents here in Pittsburgh, and I've learned a lot from both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, also, Chris Bennett, who oh, uh, works in real estate. He's a real estate developer. Really? Uh, and he has his own brokerage. and. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of guys that have kind of coached me and mentored me, and right. uh, you know, and they talk about it highly. Like, you know, they tell me that they think I'd be good at it and sure. uh, get into it, see see if I like it. And so yeah. far, everything I've done so far, I've liked and I've enjoyed. So that's awesome. That's uh, that's the next thing after riding. Wow, cool. Well, yeah. hopefully, it didn't let the cat out of the bag or anything. But no, like I said, it's a back burner thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. After. Everything's sure. Done. Well, I think it's wise to have a plan. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. And you've had a plan for a little while. Totally. Yeah. And, and kids will usher those plans forward a little quicker, for sure. Uh. So, yeah. You know, just because you want to provide, I, I believe, and I'm, you know, I'm just putting words in your mouth, but you know, it's that was my thing. You know, just, just I actually stopped riding to do it, just to continue to provide as hard as I could, as heavy as I could. And then pick riding back up when it fit, you yeah. know. But I wasn't riding pro, so it wasn't as, as big a deal. But I have to have some plan. Right. Um, I mean, I, I guess I could be working in real estate right now, but mm-hmm. it works out really well that I am a pro rider, and I'm, I get to be home during the days uh, to watch my daughter. Well, my, my wife's an elementary school teacher, so right. I'm, I'm stay-at-home dad, basically, and I'm still able to pull in an income. Uh, so it just works out really well right now. I'm not trying to milk it by any means, no, but uh, no. I'm definitely enjoying the time with my daughter, and I, I get to enjoy time riding. You know, my wife comes home from work, and that's usually when I'll go riding. I'll, I'll come down here to the wheel mill, or in the warmer months, I'll go to the trails, right. ride parks. Right. So it's just it's a perfect fit right now. Mm-hmm. What trails for you around here? Uh, locally, I ride uh, Monroeville a lot. Okay. Um, I ride Hazelwood. Um, okay. Those are really the only two in Pittsburgh that yeah. are consistently uh, shoveled at, and, and yeah, yeah. the locals, you know, are always there. So. Right. Right. And I did just recently hear, I didn't realize it, but uh, that Yagel's a, a, a part of Hazelwood, which Yeagle, is really cool. Yagel started Hazelwood. I uh, didn't even know he started it, but I knew went, he was a part of it. Uh, so that's even cooler. We went on a uh, trip. Yagel and I, we were fan- filming for Anthem 2 and we went to England and we rode all these different sets of trails and I remember being, like riding in the vehicle with, with Yagel and he's like, we need to do something like, we need to do something big in Pittsburgh, like we need yeah. to make a, a new spot. Yeah. And he was like getting all this inspiration from different sets of trails that yeah. we were going to and when he got home he started, he found some land that yeah. he uh, thought would be good for trails and just started shoveling and Brian Yagel, when he digs, he digs with like the strength of like 10 men like he can put up a section real fast really it's it's amazing it's like yeah uh, like it, like I, if I leave the trails early he's like okay I'm gonna keep shoveling I would come back the next day and I'm like dude you built like two more sets like right. he, he's like he's, he's impressive like when he when he puts his mind in something that yeah he can move some dirt sure. that's awesome that's awesome I know a lot of people uh, are wondering how he's doing and unfortunately I stayed at the Hellhands last night and, and um and Mike said he's doing great. He's doing really great. Yeah. So it's, I was really happy to hear that because so the guys up east where, where I'm from, which is where he was from, they don't know much about where he went. So this is this is all this is like all great news. Yeah. This is like uh, you know exciting to hear that he's doing well and 
Yeah, and all he, that. he he lives a pretty quiet life. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not like active on on social media too much. Yeah, uh, I respect that. I think just that's good. yeah, he works and I think he skates more than he rides now. Skateboards. Really? He's a really good skateboarder. I didn't know that. And. Oh well, I, there's a, a a concrete park three miles from my house, yeah. and I'll go there randomly. Like it could be like seven thirty in the evening on a summer night, and he's there skating like by himself. I'm like, dude, give me a call. He's like, ah, you know, I'm just tinkering around. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you don't see him on his bike much right. anymore. Right. But when you do, I mean, it's the same shit. Holy yeah. shit, Christopher just walked in. Did he? It's always the best stuff to have happen. Wow, yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Don't worry about interrupting if you want to yell out to him. No, no. I'd rather just look at him from up here. Like, <laughs> oh my god, that's Christopher. That's awesome. That I'll, so cool. I'll, I'll say hi to him later. I don't want to scream my fan out on him. Yeah. <laughs> Why? It'd be nice to turn the tables, you know. Everyone's fanning out on you. Um, all right, so let's see. Boom, 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 boom. I got that, that, that. Um, oh, announcing. So you started getting involved in announcing a little bit this past year too, right? Uh, I've done it a, a few times. Uh, I've done a couple events for NBC. I've done uh, an event for like ESPN. Right. Uh, you know, I've covered like a, a do tour event here and there. Right. Uh, it's something I enjoy doing, but I don't think it's ever going to be like lucrative enough to like uh, be a career or anything like that yeah. I'm, I'm hosting the X Games Real BMX event again for ESPN oh, yeah. this year so that'll be pretty cool yeah Stu Johnson's the producer of it so yeah, yeah. he keeps it all BMX like everyone from the host to the uh, to the judges riders like everyone involved is a BMXer so okay. I think Stu does a good job of Definitely. Is Steve involved in that too, Crandall? Uh, no, I actually took Crandall's job as host. Oh, I got you. I got you. Uh, he did it last year, though, right? I did it last year. He did it the year before. Oh, I'm just getting my uh, ears confused. And Crandall's really good at being like uh, impulsive, like or not? Is impulsive the right word? Hype man. <laughs> he's really good on the fly. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. you give him a microphone, and he'll yeah. make everyone laugh, and he'll do a good job announcing, yeah, yeah. but. With, with an event like this, it's, it's a little bit more scripted. Right. Um, so I think he had a little bit more trouble with that. Oh, and okay. like having to nail your lines at a certain time. And, yeah. Um, so they asked me if I would do it, and yeah. uh, I was happy to. And I actually called Steve. I'm like, hey, man, they yeah, offered yeah. me this. Is, is everything cool? And of course, yeah, everything's yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He's such a great guy. So that's cool. So uh, I, I want to say I remember you in Estonia last year, was it? Uh, I covered um, Simple Session. Yeah. For uh, Red Bull TV last year, I actually did that two years in a row. This year they went with Drew Bazanzan. Oh, um, okay. I think more so because he's a he's a Red Bull rider. It's a yeah. it's a Red Bull event. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I th- he's hurt right now, so I think uh, he's, oh, really? he's I think he blew out his knee. Okay. So he's, he's trying. He's a DK guy, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's yeah. Uh, trying to get, you know, trying to stay involved as well. And I understand. And, and when. With with Red Bull, they always like to switch it up, get new people in. Yeah. Don't make like, which I respect. It's cool. Right. It's all right. good. Uh, all, all the people that work on that production are awesome. So. I think no it, from the sounds of it, from what you're telling me, I think Steve Crandall called them, and said, "Boot Chris." Hey, you to, know what? Be, just to get you back. Touche. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I remember you doing GoPro runs. I I want to say you did GoPro runs for that. Uh, yeah. 
for that contest. Yeah, right? they strapped the GoPros on me, and I just follow yeah. whoever around. So you didn't compete, but you actually ran the course. I remember just to show the viewers what right, it was. Right, right. I did the Go, the GoPro course preview. Yeah. And I also did uh, the commentary. Right. The expert analyst work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you've got a lot of different irons in the fire. Got a, yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So you want to hit some Instagram questions? Sure. Because that was uh, that was my background stuff I wanted to get out of you. So you got a lot of questions. Am I not? Am I not talking enough? Should I be like elaborating more? Or are we no. Doing okay. You're good. All right. No, you're good. These are where you can elaborate. All right. If you want to elaborate on these, great. If you don't, don't worry about it. Fire you know, away. A lot of it. A lot, a lot of it's about your perfect hair, which I, oh, I mentioned before. So <laughs> you know that that you don't have to elaborate on. But anyway, uh, so Greg Dixon wants to know what would you do if Tech 77s were extinct? Um. Jeez, I feel like they almost are extinct. Yeah. Although I don't know, they sell them here. We're at the wheel mill, and they sell them here for some reason. But uh, oh, do they? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know what other lever. Better buy him up. Yeah, I don't he, know. What, maybe he's onto something. <laughs> what, I don't even know what lever I would run. I don't. I've never had a different yeah. brake lever on my bike. So besides the Tech Seventy Seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I would. I don't know. Maybe go brakeless. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd figure it out, Greg. Yeah. All right. So you know this guy, J Man B. How often do you steal people's toothpaste? That question makes it in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's believe, believe it or not, you know. JB, John Britton, uh, yeah. a couple years ago, <laughs> we were staying at his... I, I, was staying, I was staying at his house in New Jersey for some reason, and I accidentally stole his toothpaste. And it was always like a funny thing between it. Like, every time I, I'd see him, like, once a year. Like, yeah. dude, remember when you stole my toothpaste? That was always the story. Like, it's really not that... That crazy of a story, but no, it's maybe, funny that he wrote in. That's all he could think of. Yeah, he probably talks to you so often that it's just you know. That's, that's Actually, all. I just saw him the other night and it didn't come up. Yeah, right. Yeah, him and Garrett Burns were here. Oh, that's, I think I saw some clips from there. Someone posted on it. Yeah, um, so. Garrett, John Britton, and uh, Russ from Australia were here. Oh, um, yeah. Rusty Hessian, he goes by, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome. It's easier to remember people by their Instagram I know. Hand. It's so much easier. Uh, yeah, th- those that dudes were all awesome. here, and uh, it's cool to have a session with those guys. That's sure. awesome. So Garrett came from Jersey with... Uh, with JB and, and, JB. and Russ. Because uh, oh, okay. Ru- Russ was staying out in New Jersey, because his wife's from New Jersey originally, yeah. and they were just home for the holidays, so all those dudes came out. I got it, yeah. That's the great thing about having the wheel mill local yeah there's not a lot of indoor facilities on the east coast anymore so a lot of people come through here i mean like we were just talking about chris stoffer walked in the door like, oh my god right like because there's nowhere else to ride on the east coast yeah, so yeah. so many people are coming out here right so like every weekend is like a different session yeah it's been pretty awesome yeah that's why hey that's why i came out yeah it's like you know we're in connecticut and we've got Smaller parks, nothing, nothing to this level whatsoever. Unless you go up to Rye, which is a hike up to Rye Airfield, which is pretty good. Yeah, that oh, place yeah. is good. You just went there last year, I think, for I a kink th- deal, right? I go there once or twice a year. Yeah. Uh, my good friend Aaron Smith lives out there, okay. and uh, I'll go and hang out with him. Yeah. So otherwise, there's not really much for flowy kind of, you know, like a jump room like this. Like yeah, exactly. Room. So yeah. So this is what we do. And people do weekend trips, as you know, raise, wheel mill, back home. Yeah. But, uh, 
Anyway, the questions get better, I, I promise. <laughs> uh, Evan Smedley, who you may know from Harrisburg, uh, why are you afraid? <laughs> okay, well, maybe they get better. They get slightly better. Why are you afraid to play me in ping pong? I'm not afraid of anyone. Let the record show. <laughs> that that was a .5 second answer. That, yeah, that I, was good. I don't know why you even write that. I've never. If he wants to step up, step up. But <laughs> uh, I don't think he's sponsored. So so you you probably have a pretty good shot at it. <laughs> All right. Will the Aaron Ross? Will the Aaron Ross make a bracket this year? Are we talking to NCAA? Oh, Aaron Ross would always do these um, NCAA brackets. Yeah, yeah. And he would like uh, there'd be a bunch of people on them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they were always fun. They like they, they yeah. make the games a lot more interesting. You always right. find yourself like in March just glued to the television watching basketball games. Right. Just because right. you filled out this bracket and you want to see how you did. Oh sure. Um, so yeah, hopefully Aaron does it again. Because yeah. Aaron would like custom make a trophy for whoever got first really? place in the bracket uh, and I got second two years in a row that's go, not bad go figure yeah with my, my track record that's not bad at all yeah those are hard uh, Cody Digg simple simple statement what's up with them Hallahan boys who you ride with a lot here uh, yeah I don't know those, it's a different breed yeah. that, those are like kids that, that those guys I don't know they're, they're like a staple in our scene yeah. and uh they help out so many other younger kids. Because really, in BMX, kids like kids. Kids like to see like right. someone their age that can fly through the air because it really inspires and motivates them. Right. Um, so, yeah, it, they're so big in our scene. They, yeah. So many different kids look up to them, and they're such a nice family, as oh you know. Oh, gosh, yeah. They go above and beyond um, yeah. to do a lot for our scene. I was just down here the other the other day with my daughter, yeah. and I, I, I had no intention on, on riding. I just wanted to come say hi to some people. Mm-hmm. And Jen's here, and she's like, hey, if you want to ride, I'll, I'll, watch, your, I'll watch your daughter. And yeah. So she just hung out with my daughter for an hour, and they played around, and I got to ride. So they're a really great family, and, and to watch, I've known them now for a couple of years, and to see the boys progress to where they are now, it's just, right. it's awesome. Oh, it's amazing. Everyone loves watching them. I mean, it's just, you just sit there in awe and just say, wow. Yeah. If totally. I was that amazing at 13, you know, I, I think Lucas might be like 15 now, right? Something Lucas like is that. 15, and then, yeah, Nathan, I think, is, yeah. is 13. But even even when Lucas was 13, he was still ripping it like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know, they've, always, they've always been good. God, it's amazing. And Shane's falling right in the footsteps. Yep. It's yep. completely amazing. It's fun to watch, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um... Justin Long, guy from out my way in Connecticut. What's your deal? All right, maybe I should have screened these a little bit. Um, what's your daily routine to stay so handsome? That's the question? I swear to God. I don't know. Drink lots of water. All right, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Kyle Erickson. Is, let's see. Guy from Massachusetts. Really cool guy. Of all the years doing dirt comps, what was your favorite setup to ride and why? I believe he's talking jump setup. Um, okay. I don't believe he's talking bike setup. Um, I think those those first few years on with the gravity games, uh, and then with some of the Vans Triple Crowns and a couple of the Dew Tours, anything that Fuzzy built was usually pretty good, especially those gravity games, because it would be like Fuzzy, Magilla, Dave King, sometimes Ground Chuck was on the crew. Um, and it was like the, the contest organizer would just 
give them their plot of land, right. give them the dirt and say, go crazy. Right. You know, whatever you want to build, we trust you, go for it. So right. Fuzzy would come up with different designs, sure. uh, whether it be like different jumps, transfers, rollers, hips, berms. So there's always like, a, they made it very true to what was really going on in BMX. Of course, they're not going to make posh right. out there, but they would like do their best to make it like a good trail setup that everyone could really like. Right. And they were always really conducive to guys like me and Mike Aiken and Brian Foster because we were like trail guys. <coughs> right. So I would say uh, any of those first few Gravity Games contests were some of my favorite courses to ride. Yeah. Uh, just because they always had something different and always seemed to cater more to my style of riding. Yeah. So yeah. I always really enjoyed them. Sounds like it was just more variation, almost like a street, uh, a street setup, you know, where you just have multiple options as opposed to what we were talking about earlier with like a monster or I'm sorry an X Games deal where you've got your three sets or two sets in a yeah. quarter well I think people cared a little bit more about what was really going on in, in, in each uh, respective discipline mm -hmm. so if, if the contest organizer wanted a BMX dirt setup they're like oh give us what's like real what's true what's going on like so Fuzzy and his crew would build like trail try and yeah. make trails um, which is hard to do in a weekend, yeah. but they would do their best, and it was always fun. Yeah. Uh, now it's just like, hey, give us two jumps or give us three jumps. We want a show. We want the tricks. Like that's where it's at now. Yeah. I'm not knocking it, but it's yeah. not really. It's not what I'm into. I understand. I, it, it just it seems like the, where the sport has progressed as far as dirt jumping. Which progressed? Is, uh, well, you yeah, have maybe the we don't courses want to haven't. The, the courses have regressed. Yes. Whereas the riding has gotten crazier, which yeah. I understand. People want the tricks. They want the right. show. That's fine. Well, what's amazing to me is is I was just at the last day of the Incline Club, and I'm watching Logan Martin there, and he's killing the killing the park there, just absolutely, insanely killing it. And then the next weekend, I see him at the Monster event, and he's riding dirt. Yeah, he's and really well-rounded. Yeah, he can do a bit super everything. well-rounded, but. It gave me the feeling that transitions are similar. Trick sequence, trick sequence can almost be a, a little more similar because the the course it's almost like a version of a park. Yeah, totally. If they're, you will, they're box jumps, really. Yeah. The, the dirt, the dirt course. They just have to have gaps. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Uh, let's see. Pat Nugent's. Not Ted. <laughs> How does riding in the modern trail contest compare to the late '90s and early 2000s? And we kind of we're just talking about that. So yeah, I don't really consider. I mean, I don't really think there are modern trail contests anymore. I think those uh, those Dreamline contests that Anthony and, and that crew would put on, those are probably the last frontier as far as like a trail contest win. Right. Uh, and in the late 90s, it was like usually only two or three sets. So sure. I, I definitely prefer the uh, the more trail contest style as opposed to the yeah. one, two, three sets. Um, right. Like I said, it, and that could just be due to my age. It's just right. what I like. We could be bringing that back. I don't know. Daybone was was trying to get something going, and I'm all for it. I would help with it. I heard <laughs> we're doing somewhat of a trail series between two or three different sets of trails and, and basically having an overall winner. Yeah, uh, I know they wanted to do that out west, too. Oh, I know yeah. uh, 
the Cordova brothers were trying to get something together. Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, there's like, it's a long weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you hit a different spot each time. And then oh. at, the, at the end, there's an overall winner, you get winners for each stop, best trick, you. best style, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully in 2018, um, you know, people can sort it out and yeah. do the things they want to do like that. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool. By the way, that's your water if you want any. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thank um, you, Ryan. So, I don't really know what this means from Pat Nugent also. It says, best quote the anniversary song, end quote. Or did someone else choose his song in intuition? The best quote from an anniversary song? Is that... No, no I'm sorry. The best quote anniversary song, end quote. Or did someone else choose his song in intuition? Oh, wow. This guy went back to intuition days. Uh, no, I... I picked that song. Okay. Uh, there's a band called The Anniversary. Okay. Uh, kind of like a late 90s uh, emo yeah, yeah. pop band. Okay. Uh, certainly one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my favorite song by The Anniversary is All Things Ordinary. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I picked that song for my part because I liked it so much. Cool. All right. So, favorite 360 variation, which this is going to come up a couple times. Uh, the best 360 variation, I think, is the suicide double truck driver. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, double yeah. truck, throw the arms out. Right. Uh, I used to do it a lot, but seat got lower, bars got bigger, that trick mm-hmm. got a lot harder. Um, yeah. But I think, like, Dennis Anderson really does it really well. Um, it just, it looks so cool yeah. to me. Because uh, you're just completely, like, just hanging off the bike. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with the suicide okay. double truck driver. Nice. Uh, Nuno Oliveira from Odyssey in Long Island fame. Oh, who, yeah. Who was the conceptual genius who paired you up with Oasis for your system video uh, part? Uh, again, that was me. I was always a big Oasis fan. Yeah. And uh, their album, What's the Story, Morning Glory, uh, is one of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. And I would listen to it a lot in my, my truck, and yeah. I would... Uh, picture myself riding to it yeah. and someone put out a quote recently where they say that um, they don't let riders pick their own music because right. riders tend to think of themselves differently sure um, but any person that I've ever worked with that was editing a, a video or anything was always willing to hear me out regarding like what songs I want to ride to right and uh, yeah I wanted to ride to um, that song from Oasis oh, that's awesome Morning Glory uh, and yeah people were into it that's cool yeah when I uh, we did a um, when Wide Awake Nightmare came out uh-huh. when, when Chris Bennett was editing that I, I was like oh I want to ride to an Aerosmith song and yeah. he's like you are not riding to an Aerosmith song and I'm like yeah. no dude it's like it's a good it's a really good song it's yeah. uh, Kings and Queens is the name yeah. of the song and he's like dude I don't know man Aerosmith sucks and I'm like oh jeez uh, and he's like dude you're gonna get laughed at. you're gonna get laughed at man like I'm like no yeah. here's the song See what you can do in the in the when you edit it. And he, I remember when he called me. I was like, "Yeah, that actually is a pretty good song." Oh yeah. And, but it, Aerosmith put out two songs. Yeah. Dream on and Kings and Queens, and they're like the only two good songs Aerosmith ever made. But yeah. they both sound like Led Zeppelin songs. Oh. Okay. So maybe that's why they sound so good. But yeah. Anyways, I got off track there. Do you ever listen to? Um, are you into Supercross? Supercross? Yeah. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. There's a. 
there's a, uh, a podcast called Pulp MX, and they do uh, something called Sound Checks, where they interview pros separately. It's a separate, um, separate podcast every couple weeks, and they basically go through the top ten favorite songs of a pro rider. And I was talking to Scotty Kramer about it when I interviewed him a couple weeks back, because he's really a huge music fan. Scotty is. Yeah. He writes his own. Yeah, he plays piano and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's written 66 songs. Oh, wow. So, um, so anyway, I'm, I've been listening to these, and I'm thinking, that would be the coolest thing to do for BMX, too, because of exactly what we're talking about. I mean, you've got a passion for music. You've got things that trigger you. And it can be, uh, the way they do it is they pick songs from over it. You know, it could be over the course of your life. You know, it was something that meant something to you a lot when you were 15 or 16 when you first turned pro. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, you know, right through. So, anyway, cool stuff. Just a little. What's up, Stoffer? What's up, man? How you doing? All right. Note. Did you guys just get here? Yeah. Okay. Well, we came last night. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, man. Uh, I'll be. I'll. Uh, I'll come cruise for a little bit uh, once we're done here. All right, man. I get nervous when I'm stopping. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Are you going to be able to focus now? Uh, I'm fine. I'm I, just sure. I haven't seen him in like 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah. It's been that long? It's been a long time. Probably easy 10 years. Yeah. yeah. He's still out Bethlehem way, right? Yeah, but I, he kind of fell off the map there for a little while. Did he? Uh, I don't yeah. think he really rode much in the last few years, and he's just kind of picked it back up again. I got you. you know, because yeah. shit happens, and there's Genicor. Oh, right. What? Micah the biker? What's, up? What? What's going what up, on? Genicor? How you guys doing, man? What's going on, buddy? How are things? All right, man. Good. You? We stayed at Mark's last night. Okay. Good, good. Yeah, we're doing uh, this podcast and then uh, No no, don't be sorry, this is all part of it. Yeah, we're gonna cruise for a little bit. So I'll see you in a few. Alright, see you Mike. What were we even talking about? Chris Stoffer, Mike Jennifer. Oh my gosh. Uh, well we were talking about music, but um, but uh, yeah. That's that's cool. I, I used to race Mike. Um, he's just the best guy. He's he's awesome. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's go to a ground chuck question. What do you like most about being a professional rider? Followed up by what do you like least about it? Uh, <laughs> I think it's obvious. Uh, the first part of that, what what I love most about it is doing what you love for a living. Right. Uh, and even more so than doing what you love, doing something that you're passionate about yeah. for a living. To like right. be able to tell people like, yo, what's up? Uh, being able to tell people that like, yeah, I love exactly what I'm doing. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's nothing better right. than that. Even like even if in my next career, like say I love selling real estate. Right. It's not gonna be riding a bike for a living. Right. I, I could love it, but I'm not going to be like passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe I will. I don't know. But right. I don't see it. It's not, right. you know, because when I when I get on my bike, it's almost like my, the best. It's it's the version of myself I, I like the most. Right. Um, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I, I I mean I think I think I'm a good husband. I think I'm a good yeah. father. Right. Um, but when I'm on my bike, that's like. Right. I don't know. That, I just feel different. I feel like right, right. This, this is where I belong. It's the this real is cool. You. Like, 
if I'm nervous, like I'm way nervous, more nervous walking past a group of people than I would be riding past a group of people. I, I think that's actually something that Scotty told me a long time ago. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I just feel more comfortable on my bike. Like I'm, right. I'm more me. Right. So, right. To be able to do that for a living, right, uh, means more to me than anything else. Right. Um, well, professionally wise. Sure. Uh, yeah. What I like the least about it is just getting older. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't mind getting old per se, but right. getting old and knowing that, <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible to make a, a living as a pro as you get older, Right. but it does get a lot harder. Sure. And I think from a, a, a BMX company's point of view, you get a little bit less marketable, right. and therefore it makes it harder to, to make that living as a, as a pro bike rider. Yeah. Um, so. I think I've done a good job of, of, of growing older with it and maintaining, but at the same time, it's just it does it gets harder. And yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if professionally speaking, I don't know if I'll be around for another five years. Right. Whereas, uh, you know, in your twenties, like yeah, I'll be around for another five years, no doubt. It's yeah. just I think that that's a harder it's a hard pill to swallow, and yeah. that's probably what I like the least about it right now. Sure. Uh, of course, injuries suck. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the worst part about uh, being a, a pro bike rider, but right. you deal with them and you try and move on. Do you feel pressure to like put up, you know, as you, especially as you mature, as you get older, do you feel pressure as a sponsored pro rider still to, to really like just put up? I don't like that. I, I hate the word bangers because it just seems so, so overused, but like, like good clips really really you know well I should I really great riding you know just is there is there more pressure now than there was when you were say 30 yeah because when you're younger it comes a little easier yeah, yeah. when when I'd go on a trip it'd be like you know you film five bangers in a day mm -hmm. without even thinking about it right but as you get older you think about things a little bit more and your mind starts to play tricks on you and yeah yeah my sponsors have never really put that kind of pressure on me to like, right. hey, we need you to perform. We need you to do this and this. We need you to put out a hammer part. Um, right. I've always had the best sponsors like Kink and Rockstar. Sure. They've always really let me be me. Um, if you want to ride hard, ride hard. If you want to film bangers, film bangers. If not, that's cool too. If you want to go to the trails and do turndowns, just do that. Yeah. Um, but I put a lot of pressure on myself because I want to put good content out there yeah. and I want to do well at the contest and I want to let people know that uh, you know, age is just a number. I can still hang. Yeah, yeah. But, right. as, like I said, as you get older, your mind starts to play tricks yeah. on you, and you're like, "Man, am I really? Am I earning that paycheck? Am I really? Am I really yeah. doing it right?" Right. And uh, I think I've always, especially after thirty, I think I always got a little bit more self-conscious with that stuff. Yeah. Whereas I'd I'd always be like seeking different people's counsel. I'm like, "Hey, is, uh, that clip that we just filmed is that good? Is that is that cool?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, that's fine." Well, you would have never questioned that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When you were 30. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's I can understand that. Like I said, sure. I don't mind getting older, but right. at the same that you know that professionally and I guess that's with any any professional sport, you know yeah. as you get older you're one step closer to like being being done. Like Yeah. So whether you're a baseball pitcher or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I get it. I, that's just a hard pill to swallow and, yeah. but everyone has to move on, right? And yeah. I, I think BMX will always be uh, I'll always ride. Right. And I, I always hope and I hope that I can maintain a skill level that I'm proud of. Right. Um, but, you know, 
someday it's just gonna the time's not gonna be there and it's, yeah. it's gonna be harder yeah I mean I it, it, you could look at it this way I mean the, the evolution of the BMXer has has changed so much as far as physically because you know back when you were 16 you probably thought 25 to 30 was old yeah and now look I mean you look at Mike you know I'm 47 I think he's about 47 and he still kills it you yeah know, it's so time's on your side, you know. Yeah, it, you're right. It's things are going going well with the human body for sure. <laughs> I think, and, yeah. and just you know the fact that we've we've had this kind of access for so many years. It's we didn't have that back then, so we, we didn't have 35 year olds pushing themselves or 40 year olds. So yeah, that's true. Th- uh, things are looking good for you. We'll see. So my my votes for you. You're you're good. Uh, let's see from Keith Tara. Do many people know about your nickname, Kent Doyle? Uh, I think only two people know about that nick, or three. Uh, Keith. <laughs> right. <laughs> when I was at my, uh, I was at the ninety, was it the ninety-eight Christmas Classic? Yeah. And that was when like the Standard Army was going off. It was like Rick Moliterno and Brandon Pundai and Ground Chuck, yeah. Keith Terra, Jerry Bagley. Yeah. And uh, Robbie Morales. Oh, Robbie okay. Morales was like the ringleader. Yeah. Well, him, him and Rick Moliterno. Yeah. And I remember uh, the stand, like the standard guys, kept doing trains at right at the Christmas Classic, and yeah. they're just doing trains, trains, right. trains, constantly. Right. And I would like jump in them. And I think, I think, uh, I think they were getting a little upset. And then one time I cut Robbie off, Morales. Yeah. And he ends up getting what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he kind of like it's all the standard army all around us and he kind of he like backs up into the standard army right I, <laughs> so he like backs up and he goes yeah. I got fucking Kent over there cutting me off so every all my heroes like Punjab and Chuck everyone's just like laughing like ha 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 so uh, I remember from like that day on like yeah. I, and I didn't like those guys for a long time. Right, right. Like it took me a while to like be friends with Keith Tara right. after that. Right. Because every time I'd see Keith Tara, I'd be like, "Hey, Kent, what's up?" And I'm like, "Man." So, yeah, only a few people know about Kent. Yeah. Oh God, that's a good. I story. was so embarrassed though. I was a young kid, and there's all like my my favorite riders are like laughing at me. Right. But you know how Robbie Morales is. Like, yeah. He didn't mean any. Been... He didn't mean any harm, but like. He, that's just how he is. Like 17, right? I was seventeen. Yeah. Like, man, Robbie Morales called me Kent. Oh, he had no problem calling people out. Oh no. Forever. I hosted Nora Cup this year. Yes. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Or this past year, I hosted Nora Cup. So right. I have to intro all the guys that are presenting. Right. And uh, Robbie Morales was presenting Trail Rider of the Year. Oh, nice. And uh, so before. Robbie comes on stage I intro him and yeah. like I talk about his racing career yeah. I talk about him being like the trail boss right. and uh, to being able to go to other people's trails and ride the trails better than them because back in the mid late 90s he was the dude he was the trail boss yeah and uh, so I kind of talked about that a little bit yeah. and uh, then I called him up on stage I'm like good luck Robbie Morales and later that night he hits me up on Instagram he's like dude that meant a lot to me, man. Like, oh, nice. Uh, I think I think he's he's pretty hard on himself. Yeah. Um, similar to like how Ground Chuck is. Yeah. I think, uh, but he's like, 
dude, that meant a lot. Yeah. Like, your words meant a lot. And I'm like, yeah. all right. Yeah. It made me feel yeah. good. He really is a good dude. Yeah, no. He's, I, he's, a, he's a great dude. He, he was loud, though. He was back just then. an extreme ball buster. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, and maybe maybe still is. I, I, I don't know, but he's he's always been a solid solid friend, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. But, so that, that's uh, the story behind Kent. It was because of Robbie Morales. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, also from Keith, how many times did uh, Wild Matt prank call you? Oh, I lost count. Uh, do you know who Wild Matt is? He was an old 7-Eleven uh, local. Winovich, maybe? I don't, honestly, I don't know his last name. Uh, I know he's a Long Island guy. I Long just can't Island remember guy. the last name. And Wild Matt would call me uh, maybe a couple times a week. And sometimes it was a really good call where it'd be like, Dude, you're the man. I love you, man. Dude, come back to Long Island anytime. And then the next call would be, I think he'd always, and he'd be wasted. The next call would be, you ever show up on Long Island again, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you. I heard what you said about that. And like, he would go off and I'm like, I don't know if this dude really likes me or really hates me. Right. Um, but yeah, it was definitely, I, I definitely lost count of oh the amount of times that I got prank called. That's funny. Actually, I think Voinovich, Voinovich, that name is from Pennsylvania, so I don't think it was him, but anyway. I, I, he talked about Matt when I interviewed Keith. He talked about Matt. I just don't know which Matt it is, but anyway, that's a. There's a lot of prank callers from uh, Long Island. Um, Danny Bailey used to call my house pretending to be Gary Ellis. Oh wow! And my wife had no idea what he was talking about, and I wasn't <laughs> home. It was, so the whole thing just flopped. It was just like. <laughs> oh wow! It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So anyway, Long Island prank callers—they're they're all over. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, uh, another terrible one. How good is your singing voice? Uh, pretty good. Uh, is this a karaoke reference or something? Uh, I've, I've done some karaoke in my yeah. day. Uh, at my wedding, I, I sang to my wife. Did you? At our wedding, yeah, in front of 200 of my nice. nearest and dearest, yeah. And I think everyone was pretty tuned up at that point, so yeah. as yeah. long as the whole room has some alcohol in them, right, right. I sound pretty good. It's usually the person that's singing feels they sound good when they're tuned up. <laughs> uh, well, I was so nervous yeah. before I started singing yeah, that I, yeah, would, yeah. I was trying to like take that edge off. So I was, yeah. I was drinking quite a bit, yeah. and I couldn't shake the nerves. I yeah. couldn't shake it at all. And yeah. I, I went out there and sang the song and killed it. I got good feedback, but no one's going to tell you that you suck at your own wedding. <laughs> so maybe they were being yeah. nice. I don't know. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. This is, is uh, this is kind of a tough one. Maybe it's easy for you. Early BMX influences. Uh, early BMX influences. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, to kind of go full circle, um, the guys that I mentioned at the beginning of this: Corey Muth, Carolina, Scotty yeah. Clevenger, yeah. Uh, Mike Ritchie, John Moe. Like those guys, really. They were so nice to us as kids. Like they never made us feel different or excluded right. us because we weren't on their skill level. Right. Uh, if we asked them how to do a trick, they would kind of help us out. Or, right. And they, I mean, they weren't super, like, encouraging, like, go get it, man. They right. were always just, like, really, really cool. Like, yeah. even at the age of, like, 13, yeah. I felt like I was friends with Scotty Clevenger. Right. And, and that meant a lot to me growing up, is having those guys sure. locally to look up to. Um, on the bigger scale, uh, as far as, like, the guys I liked when I was younger, I, I really I liked Joey Garcia yeah. a lot. I thought yeah. he was just like 
similar mindsets, I would say, you and him had? Well, he was always so calm. Yeah. Uh, when, when BMX started being on TV a lot more, everyone started getting wild. You know, yeah. you'd, you'd see, like, Jimmy LeVan with the, yeah. the kiss makeup. You'd see, right. like, dudes on TV just kind of being, like, kind of harsh. Like, I remember they interviewed TJ Lavin at the 96 X Games. Yeah. And he was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, man, I don't know about that dude. But right. there was always, Joey had this, like, persona about him that was right. always so cool. Yeah. And when he, he won the 96 X Games, and he did it doing all these different tricks, like, Stylish no footed can cans, a lot of like different bar spin variations. Right. And Lavin kept doing backflips. Right. So the crowd was behind Lavin. And I remember when they announced that Joey had won, the whole crowd starts booing. Oh, no. And, and Joey, like, you know, stone faced, he just puts his helmet back on, goes to the top of the, the course, drops in, does perfect backflip. I'm like, whoa, Shuts it down. he could do backflips this whole time and he didn't do it? And uh, then the crowd's like, yeah! And I'm like, that is the coolest oh shit right there. God. Like, he won it. He won the contest his way. And wow. then I, I remember, I, I was a kid, I hadn't met him yet. Right. And then when I finally got to meet him, I was like, wow, like, he's the coolest dude. That is um, awesome. And then, it, same thing with, like, Brian Foster. Yeah. Always loved yeah. Brian Foster. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to be Brian Foster, you yeah. know, when I was, when I was a kid. Right. Um, and all these guys that I looked up to, um, like Brian Foster, Joey Garcia, even right. like Chris Bennett. Um, right. When I finally got to meet these guys, they were all super nice, humble, down-to-earth guys. I, I was never really let down by any of the dudes that I looked up to. So right. that was really good. Right. That's awesome. I mean, you yeah. picked a good one. Joey. Except for Robbie Morales. <laughs> <laughs> the Garcia brothers were awesome. I never met Jimmy, but... I rode with Jimmy a lot. Jimmy okay. In, in, for, they, they race. Uh, good, how you doing? They raced a lot of MBL, so they would come out for Christmas, they would come out for Grands, the whole thing. And, and Jimmy was doing some of the first contests, which I was doing back in the early 90s that MBL would put on. Well, actually, UGP put them on, Ronnie Bonner put them on. Okay. But So Jimmy was the first dirt jumper, and then Joey worked his way in and then surpassed his brother but yeah of course they're, they're just such a great family i think yeah. one or both of his parents are teachers i think they're just solid family yeah. just just good people but anyway uh let's see this one is from all right trail surf ask about honda hill and 401 and all that good stuff all that good nc stuff in the 90s oh wow uh, trail Surf, I think, is this kid that grew up a few towns away from me. Okay. He had his own trail spot as well, uh, out in Garner. Um, yeah, he, he mentioned Honda Hill. That's where I started okay. riding, pretty much. Um, like I told you before, Cary, Cary North Carolina is um, one of the most desirable places on the East Coast to live and raise a family. Really? And in the center of Cary was this big open plot of land. Yeah. And it looked like, looked like a, a meteor had hit the earth, and it left this big crater. And um, we, someone had built jumps there. Yeah. And it had been there for like 20 years before I was even there. Um, right. And uh, yeah, it was just this big yeah. place where kids could be kids, and uh, no adult supervision, but you'd go to this place, Honda Hill, on the weekends, and there'd be like, no lie, between like 50 and 100 kids. Uh, I mean, it was huge. It was a big place. Yeah. And of course, 
me and all my friends were just there to ride, but there'd be kids there to like, yeah. you know, lighting off fireworks there. There'd be dudes that would go down there to fight. Uh, but I mean, we were always just there to ride. But so um, the the land there has has since been developed. Um, but it was it was cool because Cary was this like suburban white bread, white collar place, yeah. and then in the in the middle of it was just like this this undeveloped piece of land where kids were riding bikes and just getting filthy, getting into fights, like, right. and just being kids. It was right. really cool. It was like a little, uh, yeah. I don't know, a little oasis in the middle of white suburb, uh, white collar suburbia. Right, area. right. That's awesome. Uh, let's see, Greg Lanthorn. I'm sure you know him. Uh, works for Ronnie Bonner. Okay, yeah. Uh, what's one trick you wish you could do but cannot? Um, I'm going to say 720s. But I can do 720s. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between being able to do 720s right. and land it and to do it really good. Like, when like guys like Ryan Nyquist or Rob Darden start to spin a 720, they know that they're going to land it. They know how to control it. They know how to nose it in. When I spin a 720, I'm like, well, hope it works. It's a roll of the dice every time. Really? And I've probably done, like, I've done hundreds of 720s in my life, and I've landed more than I've crashed. Yeah. But to this day, I can't do a 720 and be confident. Yeah. I'm like just. So I mean, it's that's a weird answer, I know. No, not really. But I at wish all. I could. I wish I could do a 720 and just like feel like I knew where I was and what I was doing the whole time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's a, right. That's what I would like. Yeah. <laughs> like I could probably land five out of five right. on this box jump right here. Right. But they all feel super sketchy they yeah. might look sketchy little um, tire slide little yeah little bit of, and and i guarantee each of that five those five tries yeah i would be shitting my pants afraid <laughs> so it'd just be nice to have that one like unlock and right confident. right that's okay because you have other stuff unlocked and we're going to talk about that in fact the next guy uh andrew mcconney Shout out to Andrew, Andrew Pagani. He was really happy that I may read his question to you. So he's a big fan. All right. He's how, he said, how are you so good at turndowns? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I think just, I don't know, when you do something enough, you just get good at it. I, I don't know. I remember when they first started to click. And but there's no- something about the, the way you position yourself that makes for an awesome looking turnout. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how to answer that question. I just. Yeah. We all do tricks differently. Yeah. You know, I might be able to do a, a good turndown, but then there's like six other tricks I can't do well. So I think yeah. that one just kind of made sense to me as I was uh, growing up and learning how to do different tricks. I think that just made sense to me. You know, I am going to jump ahead because someone asked a question that maybe, maybe this uh, would. Trying to play into it. Let's see. It has to do with height. Uh, yeah, here we go. From a, a follower called Washed Up Media. Uh, being a taller rider, I'm curious if you feel your height is a disadvantage or an advantage. Do you think that plays into turndowns at all? Probably. I'm taller and I run a longer bike. Okay. Um, I can't. I don't know. Maybe I don't. It exaggerates it a little more, like perhaps in a, in a positive way. Just, just. Uh, again, I don't. I don't know. Why, why do some tricks come easier than others? Yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, right. That was just always one that made sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but being taller, I think, never really made. I don't think it's ever been a disadvantage. 
Right. Uh, then again, I don't think it's been an advantage. Um, right. I remember being like around 13 years old, and I had my crew that I would ride with. Yeah. And we're all going through growth spurts around the same time. Right. And I remember just kind of getting jealous of my the friends that were shorter than me because they yeah. looked like they fit on a BMX bike better. Right. And I would look at myself like if I saw myself riding in like a storefront window or something. Yeah. I would always thought I was like, man, I look so lurchy and gangly, and I just don't feel like I fit. Right. On this bike, well, at all, and maybe, maybe subconsciously, that made me try a little harder to like make tricks look better. Sure. Um, because I always thought I looked ridiculous. Yeah. Especially in the when I was a kid, I had a friend. Um, his name is Ryan Schaefer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I haven't talked to him in years. Is he from but... Ohio? No, I know who you're thinking of. Yeah. I think you're thinking of Mike Schaefer. I think so. Anyways, my my buddy Ryan Schaefer, we yeah. we started riding around the same time. Okay. And he was like. The tallest he ever got was like 5'8". Yeah. Whereas, I, you know, at one point we were the same height, but right. I kept growing and growing right. and growing. And I remember being so jealous because, like, I was like, man, you just look like you fit on that bike. Oh, okay. And I was yeah. like, I look like shit on the... I don't even know why I'm riding. I look like lurch on a bike. And so, again, maybe I just tried harder to, like, right. have, make my tricks look better. Yeah. Right. All right, here we go. Uh... Do you still want to be a weatherman? I don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would. That's from an old interview, isn't it? Uh, I told I until I was seventeen. I wanted to be a weatherman. Yeah. And it, the story is—it's not a complex story at all. When I was right, a kid, right. and I'm sure any anyone listening was the same way. I used to pay attention to the weather so closely. Right. To know, like. I wanted to know if I was going to ride the next day. Right. So it got to the point where the newspaper would come to our house, and I would yeah. tear out the weather page, and I'd have it in my pocket, and I'd be up at this place, Honda Hill, yeah. and we're all talking like, oh, you guys going to ride this weekend? Are you riding yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. Is it going to rain, or what's the deal? And I'd be like, I'd pull the newspaper <laughs> out of my pocket, and I'd open it up, and I'd be like, okay, no, tomorrow we're good. It's going to be 85 degrees and sunny. And they're like, you carry that around? I'm like, well, yeah, I want to know what the weather is. And so I remember, and I'd like watch the Weather Channel, right. and my mom was like, Chris, you should be a weatherman someday. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I'll be a weatherman. <laughs> and I carried that with me for, for a long time. I was like, well, right. the only thing I'm... Yo, what's up? Yeah. It's like the only thing other than bikes that I'm really into is knowing what the weather's going right. to be so I can ride. So yeah, I'll right. be a weatherman. And I took that almost to like 18 years old. Yeah. And uh, then I eventually was like, I don't really want to be a weatherman. Right, right. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah. By the way, that was from Milltown Cycle up in Canada. Okay. Uh, all right, so username Judas. When did your regular 360 tables progress into insane 360 inverts? Um, in 2007. That's when that happened. Uh, I don't know what was going on because um, I used to do the proper like three tables again Brian Foster was my idol I wanted yeah. to do 360 tabletops like he did them and then I, I don't know I could always do inverts Yeah, I was always fine with doing inverts but I could never do a three invert right. uh, and then uh, it just started to work Yeah, like it started to like almost get easier to do the invert in a 360 so I just started doing it like that and trying more and more and eventually I could get the bike to hit my shoulder right. and I'm like these are feeling pretty good and it was always like 
I like the look of them better than I liked my three tables. Right. So, and I know that was around 2007 because the first time I hit my shoulder with my front tire yeah. on a three invert was at uh, Heath Pinter's trails when they were at Lonnie Paxton's house. Okay. Uh, Lonnie Paxton was the, he played for the New England Patriots. Oh, okay. So they had that big trail set up in Lonnie's backyard. Uh-huh. And there was just like the perfect trick jump. Yeah. And I remember one day I was like, damn, and it just hit me in the, hit me in the shoulder. I was like... That was pretty cool. I'm gonna run with this for a while. Nice. So, I, so yeah, this is 2007. So you just focused on those and not as many tabletop. 360s. Right. My my 360 tables sucked. Yeah. They were they weren't impressive at all. Yeah. I was the three invert just with the turndown like came easier. Right. Once right. I started actually like working with it a little bit. Yeah. Got it. Uh, and from the same guy, can you still 360 no foot cam? Uh yeah, I actually did one two nights ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Cool. Answer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, friend of mine, Brian Close, being in the sport for such a long time, do you have to push through ruts or is it just fun loving good times all the time? Um, yes. Uh, it's like we talked about getting older. Yes. Uh, I think I play a lot more mental games with myself than I. Like the older I get, the more mental games come into play. And I. I and I probably shouldn't, but I try and hold myself to a high standard and have a high skill level. And uh, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly pushing through different ruts to maintain the skill level that I want right. to, to be at. Um, I think physically I'm fine, but yeah, mentally uh, I'm, I'm like a duck on the water sometimes. Yeah. So. Uh, so yes, the answer to that question is yeah. yeah. I'm I'm always pushing through something, yeah. and and I think like we talked about before, I'm probably more self-conscious than anyone would ever guess. Like I'm always thinking like, is this is this am I doing the right, right thing? Right. Is this looking good? Is that clip that we filmed is that going to be usable? Like, right. and I'm always seeking other people's counsel. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a bit of a head case, but I don't I don't like to let people know that a lot. <laughs> no one's ever going to know. Well, they will not. That's <laughs> uh, all good. Hey, you're human. Yeah. And totally. I think as you get older, I think, you know, especially while you're trying to ride at a level like you are, it's it's natural it's going to be that way. Yeah. I, I don't think it's abnormal whatsoever. I really don't. So, um, Thanks. Anyway, so, uh, username throwing cats. Don't really love that <laughs> name, but that's okay. Uh, we, you can answer this one quickly. Would you ever ride clipless pedals and boost one? Boost one? Just, just. Would you ride clipless pedals and just? Air Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I. I want to be able to get away from the bike if I have to. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. A guy named Tom DeStefano. What is your favorite part of BMX right now? Right now. Right now. Um. That's a. Are we talking in terms of like what goes on, like contest-wise? Are we talking um, about like riding-wise? Let's say, let's say generally, since you're since you're involved in in a lot of areas of BMX, whether it be like you talked about doing the the real, um, I'm sorry, real um, the Stu Johnson deal. Yeah, real BMX. Real BMX. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, things like that. Are you are you you know, are you happy with that? Is it one of your favorite parts of it that you're transitioning into different areas? Or, yeah, so, I mean, we could just say 
overall the sport in general. Okay. Um, what do I like most? Your favorite part of BMX right now. I mean, or maybe it's just still riding. Maybe riding yeah, is still the favorite part. Still being around and just being yeah. involved and not ever having to really compromise my riding. Right. And I, I'm able, able to do things on my own terms. Right. Uh, I think that's what I like for myself. Yeah. Uh, as far as like what goes on, uh, like contest wise, I really like what um, Vans is doing with those the Bull series. Yeah. Those are really cool. Um, right. Because I feel like that's kind of the last thing right now. Right. Where that like really like where style is appreciated, creativity is appreciated. Right. Um, dudes that are just blasting don't have a ton of tricks, but are just blasting are getting right. rewarded for it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I really like what they're doing with that. Yeah contest series uh, and then yeah I mean I, I think there's a few guys out there that I see a lot of myself in uh, that are really doing it right right yeah. now and it's good to see that not everybody is just going to be one type of rider like I really like guys like Kevin Peraza Dennis Anderson um, because they have such good style yeah. but, and they're able to ride everything and they're just kind of doing it doing it their way like they go to the big contest they see what other people are doing to win but they're like no I'm not going to do that I'm going to do do it this way yeah you know blazing their own path so right. to speak right that's good uh tabletop bob will you ever do a 360 oppo x up to bar spin to x up wow he, he brings up that trick every time that I, is I see a him. lot that's a, he that's always a brings lot. that up uh has this ever been done by you is it i've never done it but he always talks about it. he's like i bet you could do it oh okay uh, so right. i don't so know bob. This, that's the background here okay yeah. All right. That sounds like a lot. Next year. Next, okay. That's my year. All right, there trip. you go. That's, that's the answer. All right. Butterlegs user. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the... Oh, this guy's from Australia. Um, okay. What did you think of the bowl at Five Dock in Australia? I was the scariest bowl. It was the one of the best bowls I've ever ridden, but it was yeah. scary. That's like... It was one of those bowls where... Uh, It'd probably be really good on your third or fourth visit there. I was only there for an hour, maybe right. two hours. It was right. terrifying. It's yeah. like an eight-foot-tall spine. Again, it was great. Once once I got a little bit more used to it, it was great. But yeah. uh, I'd really love to go back um, and ride it to its fullest potential. Yeah. All right, you're gonna have to answer this one. This question quick, because this is one of those. It's from Butterlights. Also, will we will we ever see you with Juggalo face paint again? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I'm gonna try and get back to Australia this year, so maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those guys painted my face. Is this like an ethnic dance type of thing? Like uh, it a, was like a. We were at the ACT jam. Yeah. And a couple dudes were painting their faces, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. throw some face paint on me." Yeah, yeah. And then we were just ripping the bowl, and <laughs> That's wild. it was good times. Oh, I got you. All right, so like questions connects more than they realize it did. All right, guy named Jason. I'm not sure which Jason this is. I don't know why I didn't write the last name. I apologize, Jason. Your best Mike Legler story. Uh, what Jason would have run? Oh, that's J that has to be Jason Willis. Oh, okay. Because Legler's a mutual friend of ours. Okay. Uh, Legler's he's a character from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hard to explain. He yeah. tiled my bathroom floor once. Yeah. Um, he's just a wild dude. I don't even I don't have any really good stories. <coughs> That's okay. But Mike Legler is a wild dude. That's yeah. what you need to know. All right, cool. Good enough. All right, <clears throat> J.B. Wood. How did the feud between 
Belgian Forsky in, uh, I'm sorry, Belgian Forsky become and is it still one? Belgian um, Forsky. I know who he's talking about. It was never really a feud. I went on a, a trip in, through France yeah. uh, a few years ago with the compression guys. Yeah. And there's probably 28 people on this trip. Yeah. And uh, there was this these two guys from Belgium, uh, Fusque, who's referring to, and then oh, is that he's and yeah. then Sig, okay. Sig Cools. Yeah. And they kind of made it clear that they didn't really like me and Heath Pinter, and uh, but they were young. They were young. Yeah. Um, I think they kind of painted us as like, oh, the big American bros are on the, right. you know. Uh, I don't think it was ever a feud, though. Yeah, yeah. I think th- those you just weren't really feeling us. Right, right. Which is fine, whatever. Uh, but since then, since that trip, yeah. I've had a few interactions with Fusque, and yeah. it's been fine. Yeah. So I, don't, I wouldn't even call it a, a, a big deal, but there it was definitely, go. there was definitely a vibe on that trip, though. Yeah. There was definitely yeah. a vibe, and uh, those dudes got pretty loose one night, and really? they, he pretty much told me what he thought of me. And wow. Whatever. Hey, whatever. Hey. Like I said, he was probably only 17 oh, at okay. that time. And he was just hardcore. What do you know at 17? I mean, you haven't been pro for a year at that point, but yeah, yeah. you know. I'm uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. I, I, I don't know. I never really worried about it. He, that know, dude comes to Pittsburgh every year now. Oh, does he? To ride Hazelwood. Oh, cool. And we run trains. Like, it's all good. Like, yeah. Hey, all right. the, the beef is buried. I think so. It's over. Maybe. <laughs> all right, old 76. I think he's from Australia, maybe. Oh, that's, uh, uh, yeah, he runs Backbone BMX. Oh, is that what it is? Okay, yeah. all right. Oh, and actually, his question's simple. Are you coming back to Oz this year? Uh, answer is yes. Uh, I don't know for what length of time, but I, I really want to get back to the ACT Jam. Uh, they're the ones that put that on, and it is top-notch. Really? Yeah, it's a great right. year. BMX in Australia is so strong. It's awesome. The desire for it is just huge. Oh, yeah. Especially uh, on the American side. From America. Anyway, uh, Sabrosa, I'm imagining this is Ronnie Bonner asking this. Still dreaming of owning a DeLorean. Uh, is it, what's the, the title? What's, what's the handle? Uh, Sabrosa, so it's either Ronnie, uh, it's, Ronnie's running It's out. probably Ryan, sure. Yeah. Because uh, we used to talk about the DeLorean a lot. Yeah. Uh, the answer is yes, I would love to own one. Yeah. But it's just not practical right now right. to own a car that was made in 1981, 82, especially right. with a small child. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the answer to that is if, if I can come across, if someone, if I can come up with $30,000 that I have no other plan for, right. I will buy one. So you're not buying one. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so Mike Callahan, describe Hazel Word in one sentence. And then, by the way, Isaac answers it for him because this was a thread on Instagram. Okay. Isaac answered it and said, I'll take this. Gnarliest place on earth. <laughs> but anyway, you put it in your words. Describe Hazel Word in one sentence. Or uh, maybe one word. It's, it's not... Everything's built right. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't. In one sentence, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, probably the best trails on earth. Yeah. Honestly. Planned well, just flows. Just yeah. High speed, big yeah. gaps. Everything works good. Uh, just scary. It's a lot of mind. Yeah. That's how I would put Hazelwood. Mind over matter. Oh, okay. Everything's good. Nothing's too hard. Yeah. But when you look at it, yeah. it ties your brain in a knot. You're like, there's no way I can ride this. I've seen. Right. 
really talented bike riders go to Hazelwood yeah. and like completely psych themselves out. They're like, not riding it. Can't really? do it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, if I remember right from videos that I've seen, because Jaeger was after my time in the time I was gone, when he was in Connecticut, he had trails that were equally as insane. Yeah, it, Suffield. Yeah, exactly. That, I had that same thing happen to me. I went to Suffield back in uh, Y2K. Yeah. And I went with Steve Buddendeck and yeah. Craig Reynolds. Oh, okay. Because Craig Reynolds needed to shoot some photos. Okay. Um, for, he was riding for Mongoose at the time. Yeah. We get there, and Craig Reynolds is like, I'm not riding this. Yeah. I, I'm not riding Because everything looked kooky. Everything was weird. Right. But again, everything worked. Right. You just had to kind of trust that stuff was built right. Right. It was fine. But he right. was just like, I'm not riding this. Yeah. And, he, and Craig Reynolds was a great, great yeah. bike rider. Yep. Great bike handler, for sure. All right. I uh, don't know how you pronounce this guy's name. Seth Boyd? H-U-O-T? Oh, Seth Huot. Huot. Thank Hewitt. you. Thank you. Bill me out on This is why you're going to be a great announcer. He was a, Seth was a professional snowboarder. Um, he's, he's a friend of mine. From, uh, he's from Salt Lake City. Oh, okay. Yeah, he does sound familiar. Um, pro snowboarder, I don't know, probably like from the late 90s till like 2010, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah, he's gnarly. He's gnarly. Yeah. He works for Volcom. Border Cross or something like that? Uh, I don't know. He works for Volcom now, though. Okay. All right. Good dude. He does sound kind of All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We all want to know how many tries it takes you to open a bottle of cider via the wheel spoke tech. Uh, it could take one try. It could take a hundred tries. And there's a funny video of me trying to do it. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We were all we were out in Bethlehem last year, and we were having a few brews. And yeah, yeah. Everyone was like opening. You know, right. you spin the, the right. bike wheel and you right. pop open the top. And yeah, I couldn't yeah. do it. Right. I don't know why. I don't think I and could either. They're all just laughing. And... <laughs> Anyways, that's that story. That's so yeah, funny. it could take one try. It could take a hundred tries. I'm not well, sure. Someone else named Cody Geisel uh, pipes in and says, "Have you been practicing to, de to decrease the number of tries?" I have not been practicing, but he, he was part. He was in the room when that was all going on. Okay, got it. All right, Mike Netley from across the pond. You were known for your inverts, inverts, but I remember you nodding your head to Stauffer's tables via an old props clip. Which do you prefer and why? Ah. Uh... I don't really prefer one or the other. I prefer any trick that's done properly. Yeah. And I don't think anyone has ever done a tabletop as good as Christopher has. Like the proper tabletop with the bars turned yeah. and, and the bike flat. Not using a hip, not using a... Right, just straight on. And he would do the, he would snap into the tabletop so hard yeah. that like the bike would bounce. Like he's trying to push it even further and yeah, you yeah. just watch the, the bike just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Yeah, and yeah, there was... Um, one year actually in uh, South Park at the DK Dirt Circuit. Yeah. It was back when like, everyone's trying different tricks. Right. And I remember Stoffer hit like the big, there was two two different sides you could hit. Yeah. He hits the big side and he just snapped into this tabletop yeah. and he held it for what what seemed like 30 seconds. Just, yeah! And he, the bike's just like laid over yeah. and his feet are like sliding off. And it was the best clip. But yeah. I mean, but then again, like I like that and I like when dudes do inverts really well. So I'm all about, uh, just any trick that's done done right. Yeah, Table, right. invert, whatever. Right. Got it. Another Mike Netley question. What's your favorite pit spot back in the day? Not now, but back in the day. Um, probably probably our, our old trails. We had a, a spot called Section 22. 
that oh. was just east of here. Um, okay. They got plowed, but yeah. that was probably one of my favorite sets of trails ever. Okay. Um, I think they met their demise back in 2005. Wow. But not long after you moved. Right. But yeah, section 22 was. Yeah. That was a good spot. Okay. He says and now, but I think we've kind of talked about that between I th- Hazelwood. I, th- I think Hazelwood's. Yeah. Like I mean, I think there's probably the best trails in yeah. the world. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. great to hear because I wasn't aware of it. That's that's awesome. Uh, did you ever ride push? Never rode push. Okay. I came up the summer they got plowed. Oh my I was like gosh. a month late. Wow. Uh, are there trail spots? Are there other trail spots you didn't get to ride? That's a pretty general question because let's say are there any that you that you that were on your list that you just didn't get to that you know are gone now? I'll just say push. Um, yeah. That was the most legendary yeah. spot that I never got to go to. Yeah. Like gotcha. like I said, I came up the summer they got plowed. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. Let's see. Caitlin Duff, what's your favorite park to ride outside of your hometown? Favorite park? Yeah, yep, skate uh, park. Outside of your hometown? Probably uh, Sandy Park in Salt Lake City. Oh, That's a okay. good park. Yeah. Always love going there. Good concrete park. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Salt Lake has a lot of good concrete parks. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll say that one for now. Okay. Sandy. Oh, uh, oh, we're back to Mike Nettley. Mike Nettley has a lot of questions for you. Um, we are almost done, by the way. That's fine. Only a little bit longer. Um, I know you want to go out there and ride, and I don't want to no, keep I'm, you No, I'm chilling. Okay, cool. So he says, we all know Doyle is dialed, quote unquote. When was the last time you had to put work in to get a trick? Um... It's always when I'm riding street and I'm filming. I'm not a, I'm not a good street rider. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't try and fool myself into thinking that I'm a good street rider. But yeah. I, I find myself when I go on kink trips, I'm on a lot of. Oh. Right. I, I'm I'm riding street, and I have the basic tricks. I have like double peg grind. Yeah. I have ice pick grinds, manuals, stuff like right. that. But I always try and I, I want to utilize what I've got, and try to film clips. Sure. So. A lot of times I find myself in dangerous situations. Right. And one, one time I was trying this curved handrail. Uh, we were down in Atlanta and we were filming for Safety First. Okay. And I'm trying this curved rail and it's like, it took me probably like 15 tries. Wow. But every time I tried it, <coughs> was like a brutal slam. Ugh. So like there was yeah. no getting out of it lightly. Right, right. Um, I had one slam in particular that I think I still feel to this day. Oh. I think it was the last time I really battled to yeah. get something. Oh, man. That was tough. Wow. But it's always street riding that yeah. gets me. Yeah. Gosh. All right. Let's see. He also wants to know, and where were you last, oh, where were you when you were last defeated by a trick, and that may be the same spot? Uh, yeah, same answer. All right. Got it. Okay. Christianus, Caddy Woods. How does it feel to have... How does, I didn't even realize I was walking myself into this. How does it feel to have the best hair in BMX? And how long do you spend on it? That's debatable. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> that's all in what you, uh, what you think good hair is. but I, I, I love mine. Yeah, oh, yeah. man. It's, Mr. Clean. I don't spend much time at all. At all. Uh, so take that, Chris. Um, <laughs> I just saw Ground when I was talking to Ground Chalk. He's like, "Wow, look how gray you're getting." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's coming. 
Alright, uh, let's see. Oh, Mar Mar the Goon. Mar the Goon? I think that's what it says. Anyway, there. I think this is more of a comment. Uh, actually, definitely two comments. Best 360 turndown on the planet, and Nasty arguably has the best hair. So there you go. You're, off, right. the, you're off the hook on that one. That's so you easy. don't have to spend any more time on it. All right. All right. So, Nuno, if you had... I, I love Nuno's questions. <laughs> it, it, he really does have great questions. If you had endless land, which three entire sets of trails, past and present, would exi would exist to ride forever wow. on your property? Oh my gosh! So just three trails that have made an impact on you. Just you would love to. It could be including, like you said, Hazelwood. Something you want to preserve, and you have you had all wow. the land. You could have boom, boom, boom. I don't sets. want to think about this too much. I'm going to say Nam. Okay. Did you ever go to Nam out in yes. Bethlehem? Yep. Uh, I'd ride uh, Nam. Hazelwood, and we'll say uh, I'm gonna say that Section 22 place that got plowed. Gotcha. It'd be nice to have that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I didn't want. I don't, I don't want to think about it too much because I could go on that one for a while. So it's those th th those three popped in first. Yeah. Hey, go with the gut. All right. This one's a really nice comment. It's uh, from John Lee. Oh, nice. So he um, said, "Chris, you make BMX better as a rider." professional and human being you raise the bar and i hope riders follow the lead can't thank you enough for the support at the john lee jam that we did three years ago it meant a lot to me and everyone involved thank you for being a friend that is just a really nice comment from him um, and he's man. just he's an all-around awesome dude john lee oh man that's coming from a guy like him that that almost gets me choked up a little sure um yeah, I grew up as a BMX nerd. I knew who everyone was. I used to love the trail scenes that I would, that, I, that the tape, like I'd buy 1201. Yeah. I'd watch 1201 a lot, and I'd, right. I'd see the scenes from like Fort Wayne, Indiana, to, right. to uh, Posh and Push and New York, and uh, so I always knew who different, like all the, the trail dudes were. I had the, I had the yeah. video Trailblazing, I don't know if you ever oh, saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. John Lee as a Darryl part. Darryl Maas, right? Yep. yep. So, um, so yeah, John Lee's definitely a guy that I've always respected, yeah. Yeah. and he's and meeting him was, like I said, I've never really been let down by anyone that I looked up to, and yeah. he's no exception to that. Like he was oh. always just such a nice guy, yeah. and he didn't really mind me asking him a lot of questions yeah. about uh, what it was like growing up uh, on Long Island during the time of like Seven Eleven in Oak Park, and right. I knew who all the locals were. I'm like, what's this guy up to? What's that guy up to? What was it like? Riding with Brian Irochi oh, and Keith Terra and as like, a young guy, you were asking him. Those I was questions. asking uh, John Lee all these questions, yeah, and he yeah. was like, just eh, like he was, he yeah. didn't talk to me, and yeah. um, to know that he thinks that highly of me is, it, it really makes me feel good. Absolutely <laughs> good. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, John, John's such a solid guy. I mean, yeah, totally. Just, uh, it's, I've always always liked him, and and that was that was an event that was such a combined effort of a lot of people from Long Island and, and, uh, and myself and a few others and it was just such a it was such a good time totally I mean, that was a fun time you had a good time yeah that was a good that was a good day I, I drove out that morning yeah uh, I got to ride the jam and then my my grandma lives on, on Long Island mm -hmm. and I have a bunch of relatives out there so I got to see a bunch of relatives right cool. right yeah it was good it was good and now we're going on our fourth year running this year and uh, this this year, um, 
sadly, uh, K-Rob is the beneficiary this year. So um, we're going to do another one, and uh, we'll let his wife decide how she wants the funds to, to go. But And I'm sure John will be involved in that. He's... He's a, he, he, whether he was a beneficiary of the first one or not, he would support it no matter what. Totally. He, the, these guys are just BMX lifers and yeah. senior blood. Yeah. That's why I call it this. Wow, look at that. Yeah, I did not mean that, but that's <laughs> it's the truth. Uh, so anyway, uh, by, by the way, he said you also own the 360. Turn down, copyright it, patent it, collect, <laughs> collect the royalties. Nice. Right. That's a nice compliment. Yeah. So a couple more. Alter your alter says why why or sheets? Sheets. All right. Is there a reason? Sheets is uh, the Western PA. Yeah. Like Wawa's Eastern PA. Sheets is uh, Western PA. Oh okay. And they both have like made to order food and stuff yeah. like that. It's a gas station, really. And they had one uh, by Bethlehem when I went last fall, yeah. and it was I couldn't believe it. Like, yeah. You would think in Connecticut, like a pretty affluent state, we'd have all these great things. We don't have anything like that. Nothing at all. We're lucky if we have Panera, you know. <laughs> but you go to Sheets and you could order everything. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of like Wawa. But anyway, yeah. So uh, a friend of mine, Jeff Albert from Connecticut, he said, being a veteran of the sport, how do you stay motivated to progress? Like we talked about before, I'm, I'm more motivated about maintaining the yeah. skill level than really progressing. But progression yeah. kind of happens kind of blindly, I think. Sure. Um, the motivation has always been there, just because I love riding so much. Right. So the motivation to always want to ride and, and continue to do the things that I do, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's always been there, which I don't really know how to explain. You either have it or you don't. Right. Uh, it's something I've always been passionate about, and... Some days are better than others, but right. anytime I spend on my bike, I'm I'm a happy guy. Right. So I, I don't I don't honestly don't know how to answer that. That's the best answer right there. That's fine. And the other half of this question is: being such a well-rounded rider, what type of riding do you enjoy the most? Park slash dirt slash street. Uh, it's always it's always trails. That's an yeah. that's an easy one. I, I enjoy yeah. trails way more than any other aspect of riding. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's where we seem to see you excel the most. You know, <laughs> curved, curved kink or curved yeah. rails. So on some of those Ow. kink trips, <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm like, man, why am I even trying this? But yeah, right. Sometimes you get good clips, though. Like, yeah. I've had a few good ones. I think it's pretty wild that you can be that diverse and, and go <laughs> for that because that does not look like fun to me at all. <laughs> but anyway, so we're at the end of it. Uh, what do you have upcoming? Anything you want to talk about? Um, up and coming. Just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Riding-wise, yeah. I'm going to try to get to as many events as I can this year. And try and be out there, be present. Uh, I like to do a lot of stuff with the local scene. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always around and uh, riding with the kids and helping right. them out. Um, yeah, try and, try and keep it rolling. Try and... Uh, Take yeah. it, take it into my late thirties. Right, right. And uh, just try and keep enjoying it, and right. keep that the passion burning. Yeah, for riding BMX. Hey, I've seen so many people walk by here, and they're reacting to you, to seeing you, and they're obviously happy to see you. You're still leaving a huge impact, just in this little building, this <laughs> part of the building that we've been in. You know, just since we've been sitting here. So. Well, I think it's important it's, to 
to for a while there it's not as you don't see it as much anymore but a, a lot of times all the top pros were riding in like their everyone had like indoor training facilities yeah they're not out riding with the kids right they're not at the local parks right. and i've always been at the local trails the local parks and i'm always like one with the scene yeah and i've always found that to be important that you know kids can see you ride and they sure. can talk to you and uh it's very small it's not like a huge deal but yeah uh to a lot of kids it makes a big difference and i know it did to me yeah so i think it's a huge deal accessibility to pros yeah it's huge that's huge and, yeah. and, and not all pros are accessible and not not pointing anyone out it's just that they're not as accessible so totally. I think it's great when do it. when uh, so growing up in North Carolina I was only right. like an hour away from Greenville yeah and I remember when my uh, Ryan Barrett's dad brought us down to Greenville one day to ride the they had the crappiest skate park down there but it's like the only skate park in North Carolina we oh, go down okay. there and Dave Mira had just moved there. Oh, really? Um, he was kind of new to yeah. North Carolina. And he came and rode with us the whole day. Really? And we're, like, talking to him. And again, he, like, treated us like we were one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll never forget that. Because, yeah. like, we we rode with him that day. We were yeah. 14 years old. Right. We come back, like, six months later. Yeah. Same crew. Yeah. And he remembered all of our names. Really? He's like, hey, Kevin, Ryan. Hey, Chris, what's up? How are the, have you gotten the double bar spin yet? And I'm like, no dude, way. he knows all of our names. That is they, awesome. So, like, as a pro, like, the pro experience, sure. you know, like, that meant, like, I try and think of that when, yeah, yeah. when I was right. a kid and, and what that would mean to another kid. Like, oh, my God, this guy remembers my name. He, yeah, yeah. he remembers talking to me. Like, that was huge. Yeah. That was, like, I still think about that from time to time. And, like, what it is to be... A professional and it, it, it goes right. so far beyond riding sometimes right. it's well it's so true with everything I mean it, whether it's your profession or whether it's just friendships people that you meet remembering someone's name is such a such an important thing yeah. I mean it's it's key I, I mean you if, whether you take it into real estate or not but uh, if you remember a, a client's name it just makes you it's just that much more endearing you yeah. know it makes you feel like you're part of it's a relationship totally it's more than just a quick interaction yeah you know a quick business transaction so it, same thing BMX but uh, anyway. years years later well I was talking about Mira years yeah. later uh, he this is like when I met him in Greenville it was before he blew up yeah. he became Dave Mira oh, okay. like the golden child right uh, right Years later, he like he would come to North, he would come to Raleigh and ride our trails every once in a while, and he was always cool. Like, yeah. went out street riding with us a couple of times. Right. And then in like uh, 90, 98 was my first X Games, okay. and and like I said, at this point he had blown up. Yeah. He was winning everything. He was the right. guy. And I remember I saw him at the San Diego X Games. Yeah. He had already won Park. Uh, Vert was later in the week, but wow. every everywhere he went, there was a camera on him. Yeah. And he always had like an entourage, like yeah. people like on him at all times. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting there waiting for my shuttle. Like I just got done with dirt practice. Yeah. I'm waiting for my shuttle. Yeah. And I see the entourage coming my way. Like cameras Swarm. cameras walking backwards, boomsticks. <laughs> and uh, Mira walks past me <coughs> and just glances, like just sees me, yeah. and keeps walking. And he stops. Like gets like ten feet and he stops. And he's like, yeah. hold on. And he comes back to me. Really? He's like, Chris. 
dude, you're at the X Games, man. You did it, like, yeah, yeah. Like last year, you were just some kid at the trails yeah. and like all this. And meanwhile, the whole entourage is like, who the hell is he talking to? <laughs> but like, he took the time out, yeah, yeah, to like come and chat with me. Like, didn't have to do it. No. And I would have understood if he didn't. But like, yeah, right, took the time right. to chat with me, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch Dirt tomorrow. Yeah. I'll be cheering you on. I'm like, yeah. wow, like, that's awesome. So he was always the guy that I looked at. Like that's like yeah. what a pro a pro does. Like right. you know, right. you, you can get as big as you want, but you got to stay humble. Right. Like never forgive people. And sure. So I've always kind of I've taken that with me. It seems like you're emulating it and, and doing it well. So you know. Well, I'm bad with names, but I try. Appreciate. I, I was trying to give the kids the you know high five. I talk to them. Yeah. Right. Right. We got to do it in, with acronyms like. Uh, like ground check taught me, especially with the Hellions. He's like LNS, LNS, Lucas Nathan Shane, Lucas yeah. <laughs> Nathan Shane. That's the best way. There's one kid that rides here. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen him today. Yeah. But year round, yeah. he rides in a flannel shirt. Yeah. It, it could be 90 degrees, uh, hottest day of the year, and he's yeah. in here with a flannel shirt. Really? Consistent as gravity. Yeah. yeah. So I, every time I'm like, yo, flannel man, he's like, you know it. But wow, that's great. All right, let's just go through sponsors, and then uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. So I have a good idea of who your sponsors are, but if you want to shout out to whoever oh, you yeah. want to, uh, shout let's out to go Kink, for it. Kink Bicycles for uh, over 10 years now of really? sponsorship. Yeah, I've been with Kink now for 10 years. Uh, I've been with Rockstar now. Uh, this is my seventh year on, on Rockstar. Uh-huh. Um, they've been great to me. Um Camp Three, yeah, it's a, the local clothing company. Sure. Which I, I rode for them in the late '90s. Yeah. And then we skipped over a couple of years, and now I'm like riding for them again. Yeah. Uh, Mike Hummel, yeah, who's right. like a great guy. Right. Uh, Empire BMX. Right. Uh, we all know Empire. Uh, Duo Brand, uh, which was uh, still owned by uh, Steve Buttendeck. Yeah. Great, great friend of mine. Um, I think that's about it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I've always had a good rapport with all my sponsors and yeah. trying to keep the relationship going. And Right. Right. And when can we look for you with the real BMX? And that takes some oh, time. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, we're filming that in March. Okay. And that, it'll probably air in, in June or July. I'm not really sure. Oh, okay. It's usually around the same time as like X Games. So I got you. You'll be seeing it. And this is the one where people compile clips and they it's a competition between yeah, it's, it's six, videographers. Six and bike riders, six filmers. Yeah. They pair up. Um, it's like they, they film a video part, a minute and a half long video part, and yeah. uh, then they have a panel of judges that judge the video uh, based on the filming, the editing, the riding, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, a winner selected, and it's yeah. about a it's an hour long television program, and yeah. usually pretty good. Perfect. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Chris, thank you so much for doing Dude, this. Dude, my pleasure. I appreciate yeah. it very much. Absolutely. I got a sore throat now. Yeah. Well, um, this is my second one today. I think I'm on my fourth hour. And you're gonna do Nina? Oh Nina's yeah. After this? Nina, okay. and then the Hallahans tonight. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I sure did. Chris is a true professional and a pleasure to talk to. Sorry that one ended a little quickly. I'm not sure what I did there, but uh, we got everything in that we wanted to, so that was good. I just wanted to let you know that I do have BMX in our blood t-shirts available if you want to support the show. And the other thing you can do if you want to support the show is just send a donation of any amount 
to my PayPal account. And you could direct message me through gramdad2000 on Instagram if that's something you would like to do. No pressure. I've been traveling quite a bit to accumulate these interviews and more than happy to do it. Uh, I would like to continue to do it and travel as much as I can to get them recorded. So, no pressure there. Just a, just something you could do if you do want to help. Otherwise, no problem at all. Uh, please keep enjoying the show and thanks for all the positive feedback. Talk to you all soon.